Welcome to Season 3 of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I will be bringing you special guests during the year of 2023 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. But for this first Friday in the month of March here in 2023, Carol and I are talking to each other about one of our favorite authors, Julia Cameron, and her book, The Right to Write, which I just recently finished. Carol, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy the chapter we've chosen to focus in on today. I agree with you, Paul. So let's get started with Julia Cameron's essay about how to jumpstart your creative process as we look at the chapter titled Cheap Tricks. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Dreams and Bones. What we're going to do for you today is I have been talking for a month now, uh, struggling not to talk too much uh, with Carol about uh, another Julia Cameron book. Most of you are familiar with The Artist's Way and the fact that Ju- uh, Julia Cameron is one of the authors that we talk about a lot. I have been working my way for the last month through a book called The Right to Write, and it's a wonderful uh, collection of essays uh, that she has put together with a uh, an example uh, an invitation or initiation into the the tool that she's writing about in each one of those. And we've decided today, since I can't quit talking about some of this stuff, uh, to just work our way through uh, one of the chapters. This particular chapter is called Cheap Tricks, and uh, it is all about finding ways to get yourself unstuck, which we talk about often. This does apply, I think, applies very well to writers, but would apply to anyone that's trying to be creative. The chapter starts off with someone asking her, she says, how do you do it? People often ask me, meaning how do you stay prolific and productive? And she says, I use a lot of cheap tricks. And we're going to talk about some of those cheap tricks that she uses. One of them we've kind of talked about a little bit before, uh, Carol, and that is the idea of setting up a, a space for ourselves, mm-hmm. um, some some place where that we can that we can c- call our own, a writing station. Again, in our case, it may be a uh, you do more art than I do, but a writing station. Um, at the moment, we are sitting in one of my writing stations, uh, my office, um, set up in this case for our recording purposes. But this is a place that. I can disappear too. I can close the door. I can leave you and Cleo out if I want. I can leave the door open if I want to and let you come in. But it's a space that is my own that I can retreat to for writing. That is one of Julie Cameron's cheap tricks, sort of, is to have a writing station. But then she goes into the first of these is that she says multiple writing stations is 
a cheap thing for you to be able to do, an easy way for you to uh, keep things fresh for yourself. Do you have what you feel like at this moment are multiple writing stations? Well, before I go into that, yeah, um, I liked what she kind of said in the in the introduction to this chapter about, you know, we're always talking about our artist child, our mm-hmm. inner child artist. And that, like any child, children can be discouraged, but they can also be easily cheered, encouraged, and even bribed. And that's kind of what these little cheap tricks do. They, mm-hmm. they kind of encourage our little artistic child within us. I, it was interesting thinking about multiple writing stations. And, and I did start thinking, okay, where are the places I write? And I do different kinds of writing. And so, you know, for me, I mean, I have my office where I do, I would say my blog writing, mm-hmm. I often do there. In the winter, I kind of moved out to the living room just because it was warmer than my office. <laughs> and the sunroom, kind of where you go back to, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. kind of our dining room as well. I was going to say, your writing, your primary writing station, your office has that nice big window. Yes. So yes. That you've got some good sunlight there. Yeah. And, I think that and then I thing. also have my love seat where I can sit and I do writing there. Mm-hmm. I even thought about my bedroom. I, um, yeah, I have a desk in there or even just sit in bed, you know, that might be a space. And then I started thinking about our basement and, you know, even using that, I use that probably more some for artwork, Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of like the sunroom area upstairs would be more for artistic endeavors. And then I started thinking about kind of anticipating when it starts getting nicer. Right. Because we have a lot of writing areas just around our yard. Right. You know, we have, I think I've taken advantage of kind of our outside table, mm-hmm. the where we eat during the summer. But we also, you know, we have various tables around the yard. We and, are so fortunate. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> and I think taking advantage of that more, of mm-hmm. using those spaces and getting those different views of, our yard. And, um, I think I did that off and on with, especially blogs, you know, I would try different things outside. Um, and then of course there's outside the home, you know, Mm -hmm. we've tried to Friday mornings go to our coffee shop, the beanery and, and, um, and she does talk about that as, uh, as, as one of those other things is get out to a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And then in a few weeks, we're going to really go away and go into a cabin in the woods mm-hmm. and and with the main purpose of writing. And again, I think about, ooh, you know, I think about my little artistic child inside of me and just am excited to have just those few days dedicated in this beautiful country cabin in the woods to, There's to sit. There's a cabin in the pines <laughs> nestled in the wildwood. Yeah. <laughs> Carol sings that song. So. <laughs> well, and she talks about, besides those uh, those coffee bars, she talks about uh, hotel lobbies. I actually stopped by a couple days ago, the, the Silver Mountain uh, lobby, and said, do you mind if I come in here sometimes and write? And they, they looked at me strangely and said, no, no, go right ahead. It's not a big deal to us. And, and she talks about, she... Uh, Julia Cameron says uh, it, you have to find someplace busy enough to be lively, but also respectful enough 
of writing that you can get some done. And I think, yeah, any of those those places outside of the home like that. And, and that some days she very intentionally knows that she's moving from station to station in a given day because it will motivate her mm -hmm. to write mm -hmm. or write three days at a stretch at one place and then three days at a stretch at another place. Mm -hmm. So those are all kind of fun. Cheap trick number two is the sandwich call. Can you describe the sandwich call for our listeners? Yeah, this was very interesting to me. If she wakes up and, I don't know, just isn't feeling it or mm -hmm. knows she has to write something or uh, she has this list of people that she may choose one of them to call and say, put me in your prayer pot. I I need to start writing and I'm not, I'm not feeling it or, and, um, and I thought, you know, I have those people, but I never think of in the moment using them. Mm -hmm. Maybe you some, yeah. But but as far you know, I have like our writing group, yeah. And I have my artist way creativity group, and which I feel like I use in our monthly gatherings. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, oh, but she just picks up the phone and says, hey pray for me and then I'll call you back and I'll tell you how it's done. And I thought, oh, what an interesting concept to do that kind of thing. It's very interesting. Yeah, really fun to, to, to think about. Her calls him back up when she's done, says, thanks for the support. I've lived to write another day. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's all there is to it. The She says in, the, in, in her chapter that uh, someone asks her, but isn't that cheating? Aren't you piggybacking on someone else's energy? And her reply is, yes, so what? <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I like that, uh, again, about her. If it works, then, then mm -hmm. go ahead. That is, mm -hmm. That's something that is okay to do. Support from friends is a sensible, workable writing tool, she says. Yeah. So I use it. And, and that's the spot in this particular chapter, uh, several places that I've underlined in here. But she says... Let others pursue the mythological writer as heroic loner position. For myself, I like life a little less lonely, a little more user friendly, a little more all right is all is right with the world than writerly. And I and I like that that thought too. Uh, I think that we have this mythological idea of what writing is supposed to be like the the hard work of the lonely hermit off there in some cave all by himself. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track? This is what Gromia's story is all about. Paul and Carol Wollum Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.gromiastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. Number three, uh, another another bribe. She simply calls it the bribe. Uh, I, I said to Carol last night, she finished a project she had been working on, and I said, so, uh, what do you want for dinner to celebrate? And uh, that was part of the genesis of saying, oh, let's do this for, uh, for our podcast this time. Uh, she, she let me join in 
She didn't just uh, eat herself. We got some Mexican food last night. That was the bribe. And uh, Julia Cameron talks about it. If you write for another hour, I'll take you out to dinner, she says to herself as the writer. Um, if you finish the first draft, you can uh, buy a new dress. Don't buy me a new dress, dear, but, uh, you know, you could get me something. <laughs> I know that my sister Lori has talked about in her grading of essays. Uh, she takes weekends away to go grade essays. She goes and, and reads a certain number and then rewards herself by, uh, bribes herself uh, uh, in that sense by uh, food or a walk or giving herself a break. I think that those are, are good ideas. Mm -hmm. Well, I think part of our, you know, Friday morning going to the coffee place is mm -hmm. we get a coffee. You know, yep. that's kind of a bribe, you know, yes, to be is. able to go there. And it made me think of, you know, other ways to bribe or or maybe even maybe not even the writing process, but the, you know, the research or the organizing mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, OK, so if I get three scenes organized and written out, then maybe I'll give myself this. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, and, and it's interesting because you kind of use both words. You use bribe and you used reward. Because mm -hmm. it was almost like, because we didn't do it early, the dinner was more of a reward. Right. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't doing this yeah, project to toward, toward the end. I was going to get my Mexican food. But yeah, but I think sometimes having that saying, um, okay, you know, I could see us doing more of that kind of thing on our retreat of yes. saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to work for two or three hours and then we're going to go for a hike with yeah. Cleo and yep. enjoy this beautiful mm -hmm. place we're at, you know, I mean, so I think sometimes it's a reward, sometimes it's a bribe. Yeah. Once again, that intentionality, that bit of planning mm -hmm. uh, can, can help. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes that's, that's, that's what we need to do. We fail to do that beforehand and and if we would do that early, it it is a non-expensive uh, mm -hmm. trick to be well, able to do that. And we, you know, I remember well, really the last couple summers, you know, doing our kind of our planning for the year, our mm -hmm. jump off the cliff. You know, yep. what's next? Yep. And that's how we would do it. Well, the the fourth uh, and, and and final of her cheat tricks, she says, I've saved the best for last. That is the the writing date. She mentions that some of the best dates of my life and some of the best writing that I've done in my life have occurred on writing dates. Let me share just a little bit more about from her essay. She says, let's go to the coffee bar and write for an hour and a half. I've often said to my friend when we're living in the same city, we wrote an entire book across the table from each other at coffee bars. We both wrote longhand, whispering to each other. Let's go to the coffee bar and write for an hour or two, I have often proposed to another friend when we are traveling and working together. Off we go. And it's, it is that intentionality. For us, that's creative rendezvous, planned out, but a, a different, a very specific kind of creative rendezvous, because we tend to say creative rendezvous is by yourself. I get this sense as she writes it that she is talking about the fact that they often, her writing dates, are not a time together uh, in, con in lots of conversation with someone, but they're beside one another. Mm -hmm. 
having the opportunity to share. Yeah. But working individually, but side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And mm -hmm. I think, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice visual for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, and you and I have a very unique situation where we're married, mm -hmm. we're both working on books. Mm -hmm. And so every time we go to our coffee shop, writing time is a writing date. I yes. mean, you yeah, know, it is. we, and that is unusual. I mean, it's unusual that we have chosen to do those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking about, well, even sometimes when we aren't writing, I think of that time, you know, where we decided to go to lunch at the snake yeah. pit and, yeah. and we got talking about your book and yeah. it was like, well, that was kind of a writing it date, was. even though we weren't writing, but we were mm -hmm. talking about some of the things in your book. And, and then I think of, you know, with our membership community, our sacred community garden, once a month now, we're having a kind of a three-hour Zoom creator yes. studio. Yeah. And that can be a writing day. Absolutely. You know, when, because really, it's just a time, I mean, sometimes we spend time talking, but oftentimes it could just be a place to say, okay, I'm going to take advantage of being with people, using their energy, but I'm going to sit and write for mm -hmm a few hours mm -hmm. or an hour or however right. long you feel or work on any kind of creative project. And then the group I belong to, Hope Writers, which is a online, very large group, they do a writing room a couple times a week mm -hmm. where, again, you can click in, go to a Zoom thing, and you're just joining a bunch of people right. who are there to write. Mm -hmm. And and there's, you know, I, I belong to another group called Isolation Journals, and they do the same thing about once a month where they they um, call it the hatch and mm. where they open up time. A lot of times they'll give maybe a writing prompt or something, but so it must work because yes. a lot of people are doing it yes. and, and providing, and I think sometimes it is, it's that, you know, not being that, oh, I've got to do this by myself. I want to be a part of a community even if it's through Zoom and sitting mm -hmm. in our various mm -hmm. writing spaces throughout, you know, wherever everyone is, um, just to have that. Sometimes it's an accountability thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's, yeah, just to have someone else there. So Well, and, and she, uh, again, Julie has a, a paragraph where she talks about Arts Anonymous, a group I had, uh, mm -hmm. had not heard of yeah. before. Arts Anonymous, the 12-step program dedicated to creative health and one of the things that they that, that they often do is they hold a once weekly writing workshop where members sit down side by side to attack their blocks being blocked to attack those blocks on paper mm -hmm. and i think oh how how interesting to just uh, to say yeah we're all sort of in this spot together stuck a little bit let's let's be stuck together mm -hmm. and how how important that might be. I loved, uh, she says, I have had writing friends react with shock when I tell them that I use prayer as a daily tool, a cheap trick in my work. I never pray about my work, they tell me. I always pray about my work, I tell them. On my side, I would cite centuries of painters and composers who routinely prayed for inspiration. Who am I and why am I too modern to avail myself to that, to the same help? For myself, I take the term creator to be quite literal. What I am appealing for and counting on is artist-to-artist -artist help. It is my considerable experience as a teacher and as an artist that when people ask for creative help, they get it. And I loved that. I loved mm. just, again, you know, we've been kind of talking about this all month. 
or in February mm -hmm. about that creator connection. Yes. yes. Why wouldn't we ask the creator for help, for mm -hmm. help in our artistic endeavors and, and expect it. I mean, expect that, yes, the God's going to help you. Mm -hmm. And so I loved how she wrote that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's been fun uh, to sort of discover over the last, uh, again, the last year uh, or more as, as I'm learning more. You, we're both learning, learning more about what Grow Me a Story is. Mm -hmm. Well, this is just another way that Grow Me a Story does work. That's, that is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We are saying to people, come and partner with us. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of that has been online, but there have been uh, things here in our home that we're simply saying to people, let's get together because there seems to be more energy uh, when we're sharing with one another. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and once again, for me, it's been very, very important to hear uh, Julia Cameron throughout this book, Right to Write. She talks about that mistake of thinking that writers are supposed to be off by themselves, uh, sequestered mm -hmm. away from the rest of the world. And, and, and she talks about, yeah, that just, that doesn't work for her. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. discovering, oh, that's not my process either. Yeah. I, I cannot do that. I need some interaction. I am so much better uh, when I have some interaction. Some voices that are inside of me or outside of me speaking to me, mm -hmm. and and that's a, a crucial, crucial thing. I liked when, right at the end of this chapter, she says, there is no reason that work cannot be easy and real. Cheap tricks help with that. And I thought, we were in a conversation Monday with one of our friends talking about our life right now and mm -hmm. how... Almost like, well, whose life are we living? Yeah. And and the fact that we just enjoy everything we're doing and that, and in a sense, it is real. Not that it's mm -hmm. not, or it's real, it's easy. Not that we don't put a lot of work into it, but it's fun work. It's kind of like when people will come into our backyard in the summers mm -hmm. and they'll be like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work, isn't it? And it's like, well, yeah, but we don't look at it like work right. because it's so fun and we enjoy it. Yes. and. And it's, yeah, it's easy and real. And, and you can do things that are easy and real. Mm -hmm. And part of it, that is because it is more of a enjoyment yeah. and um, something that you, you really love doing. Yeah. Well, I had one more question that just asking the two of us, do we have our own cheap tricks outside of these things that we do that help us? in our creative process. I think the, I, I think the, the fat pens that you got me, uh, <laughs> I, I was concerned early on and uh, about uh, the amount of writing and how my hand was going to hurt from all of that. And, uh, and there is such thing as these fat pens that are supposed to help old arthritic hands. <laughs> and, and so, those have been fun, I, and, and and I think they've been helpful. And then the I've mentioned this before: the sheer pleasure of uh, finishing off the ink in a pen. <laughs> oh, what a what a reward! I know I have that. I have thrown away more pens in the last year and a half, I think, than but I still have plenty more around the house. So, so there's one. Yeah.
for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Paul, do you have anything to add to our thoughts on Julia Cameron's book, The Right to Write? Well, you know, I just want to say this is uh, the second of Julia's books that I have completed. I just started another one, and, and I love I love uh, learning how she writes, uh, learning how she makes that happen, and yet learning to be a better writer as I read uh, the, the creative things that she has to say. I just really enjoy her. If you haven't read any Julia Cameron, uh, those of you that are listening, get a book. Get a Julia Cameron book. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we would like to thank you for listening. Would you like to see what else we do at Grow Me a Story? Visit www.growmeastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our Fertile Ground blog post, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us next Friday for another conversation about maximizing your creativity on the Dreams and Bones podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published.